better than you. And no matter what comes our way, God, you are the one that can change it. We thank you for that. We love you. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, church. We got a little bit of sunshine. How about that? You know, I don't spit that far. I got everyone in the back. Like, it's like a, must be a COVID thing or something. I'll just go with that. How's everybody week so far? Did you guys have a good week leading up to today? Excellent. Uh, anyway, my name is Daniel. If you're brand new here, uh, we are glad that you are with us. Uh, this is a great church, uh, even better church body. The building's pretty cool, but the folks that come here is the church, and it's far better than any building ever out there. Uh, anyway, if you got a bulletin this morning, please open that and fill out that connection card in there. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you or pray for someone that you know. Uh, also, you know, next steps are really important. As we give our lives over to Christ, there's a step that we have to take every day. There's a new step, a new direction towards Christ. Something in our heart must change every day to get closer to God. Because it's so easy to fall backwards. So at the end of the, the service, we will collect those connection cards when we take our offering as the bags go around. So the church just sent out a newsletter. Uh, hopefully you guys are getting those. Uh, if you didn't get it yet, um, you probably aren't getting one. We took you off the list. Um, just kidding. I didn't do that. Um, we just sent them out. Did we send them out yet, Tawny? Did we send those out? No, because I didn't get enough stamps. That's right. They're going out Monday. Tomorrow they will go out because I still have to buy the stamps. She got them all ready. Yes, so my fault. My fault. That's funny. Oh, boy. I got myself in trouble on that one. Anyway, we have a lot of stuff that's happening here at Lighthouse, and I look forward to uh, sharing everything that we're excited for this year. Uh, I look forward to telling you how things are going uh, from last year to into this new year. But you have to come to our all-church meeting on January 31st to hear about all of those great things. Um, I'm really excited to have that meeting, and uh, it's going to be good. We get to talk about how we did budget-wise. That's the not-so-fun part, uh, even though it was really good. But then there's a really cool part of what we're going to do that's exciting for the church and what we're going to do different in our communities this year and everything wrapped around that and how it is we're going to go out into the community and be intentional for everything. So this morning, with that being said, let's just pray and uh, we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this morning. Lord God, I thank you for those who were able to make it uh, here this morning in the physical. Lord God, I thank you for everyone that is tuning in right now, live, watching us at home uh, as they stay protected or, man, maybe they're just uh, in another state, another county, maybe even another country watching this morning, Lord. We thank you for bringing them to this message. Lord God, use me as a vessel this morning. Fill me with your spirit, Lord, as we get ready to do your business and your will. Lord, we thank you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I hope you came with open hearts. I hope that you came with your hearts prepared to receive a message. Today's message was hard to put together because oftentimes as I'm writing, I think of myself and my connection with the Lord on my day-to-day -day battle for myself. 
And I'm hoping by going through that and living that myself that I can help apply it to the messages, but also help you apply following Jesus for your own lives. Today, I hope I can take us somewhere that we haven't really been in a while. You know, I get a lot of feedback. Oh, that was a good sermon. Thank you. That was a really good sermon. That's great. That's not my goal. My goal isn't to just preach a good sermon. My, my goal is to take us somewhere. My goal is to help you change your heart, help you break your hearts for what breaks God's heart. So this morning, I'm hoping we can go there today. Who's with me? You guys ready to go? Let's go. So we are in a series called Broken Faith. Broken Faith is a series about talking about spiritual indifference as we did last week. As we talked about, remember I told you I gave my, my roommate a golf club and he really was like, thanks? You know, there wasn't a whole lot there, but I put a lot into it. And it kind of made me feel weird because I put so much into this gift, he didn't even receive it. And Jesus does the same thing. He put so much into the cross and so much into resurrection and so much into that gift of grace that one, will take advantage of it or we don't receive it or we have an empty heart about it. Going through and giving gifts to someone that don't recognize them is a little bit difficult. Well, this morning I want to change it up a little bit and talk about gift fails. Has anybody given a gift and it was just not what you had hoped it was or you got one and it wasn't what that person gave you? It was kind of a weird deal. One of my favorite videos online, and you guys can look this up later, is in YouTube, you can go to uh, Gift Fails for Children, and parents would wrap up these boxes, like huge boxes, just amazing presents under the tree, and these kids are so excited, they can't wait to open them, they just know there's something good, or something's in there that they've always wanted, and then when they open it up, there's like a rotten banana, or there's like a coconut or just something weird that a kid does not want. There's kids that open it and there's nothing in there. And the parents are filming it because they think it's funny and watch the little kids cry about it. I find that humorous. I would do that to my kids. I would do that to my wife. I think, I think it's funny. It, it, I, you know, I have a sense of humor though, I think. Maybe it's a little morbid, but it's enjoyable to me. And I, I look at the poor kid's demise and their tears as they're holding up a coconut thinking, what am I supposed to do with this? It's not what I asked for. You know, they wanted the video games or whatever, and they get a coconut. Well, what if? What if? The songs that we sing, like we just did. I love that last song that they just did. That's one of my favorites that you guys do, so you guys can play it now. It's pretty good. I like it. What if the sermons that we preach or the sermons that I come up here and I preach, they're just off a little bit? What if our acts of service, when we, when we go out and we're serving the Lord and we're doing everything we can for the Lord, but they're empty? They're empty because the heart behind it isn't there. Now the cover looks really good, just like a super awesome present, but inside really it's empty or a rotten banana. Right? We offer up these gifts to God and, and we look like this really awesome Christian as we go out and we're going to go serve Him like all of us here this morning playing music or all of us singing along. 
with the worship team or myself, I'm sitting here preaching, but this morning I didn't bring Jesus with me in my heart. I'm just up here speaking words. Imagine that. It's just like those poor kids waiting on that really amazing gift and then they open it and there's nothing there. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Scripture. He's like, wait a minute. You guys have broken faith. You have empty worship or hollow worship. This isn't what I'm asking for you from you guys. Our hearts are not in it. I pulled out some Scriptures that just kind of remind me of empty faith or broken faith. And of course, I always go to the Pharisees. These Pharisees would walk around with their noses in the air thinking that they're just top dog, you know. Now, they were very smart, intelligent men. They did serve the Lord. They committed their lives to God. And, and I have a lot of respect for that. But they did a lot of things with empty hearts. In Matthew 15, 1 and 2, it says, Then some Pharisees and some teachers in the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. They were obsessed with ceremonial traditions. They were obsessed with doing something that really didn't need to be done. It was a tradition, and they got caught up in traditions. How many of you guys ever get caught up in tradition? No one in this church, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when we painted in here, it was tough. People had to go, are you sure? I mean, the building's been this color since it was built. You know, it's tradition. It's hard to change things. It's hard to let things go. But man, these guys wanted their spiritual washings to happen. And they're like, hey Jesus, you got to make sure your guys are doing this ceremonial tradition. If you're really a man of God, you would be doing this and you're not making your guys do this. And this has nothing to do with actual physical cleanliness. These guys probably washed their hands before they eat and their feet because they wore sandals and they sat on the floor. It had nothing to do with cleanliness. Real cleanliness. But these guys were obsessed with it. Why? Why was it an obsession? Because these guys were devout Jews. And devout Jews lived by two categories. And many of you might be able to guess this. They, were, they lived by clean and unclean. That's it. You were either clean or you were unclean. And these words were also used in the New Testament. Spiritually, you were clean or you were unclean. How do you become clean in the New Testament? Through the blood of Christ. Well, in the Old Testament, everything was clean or unclean. The animals that you touched. If you were to touch a pig or things like that, you were unclean. If you were to touch foods that you weren't supposed to touch or eat, you were unclean. There were certain things you weren't supposed to touch. What if you were contagious? Things are transferable. They were worried about this so much. But they weren't worried about like filth or, or actual cold or something being transferred. No, the uncleanliness being transferred. They were so obsessed with this. You must wash in a certain way. Now, there were skin diseases, bodily discharges. There were people that would die. That happened. And if you were to touch something dead, oh boy, definitely unclean. You have to have a spiritual cleansing. Could you imagine if you went into a house and you drank out of a cup and there was like a dead mouse in there? 
right? Wouldn't that be horrible? That'd be, that'd be disgusting, right? Well, you would be considered at that moment, even if it was an accident, I hope no one ever does that because it's really gross. Hope you don't even find a mouse in your house. That'd be, okay? But you would have to go through all of these spiritual, like ceremonial traditions just to get yourself clean. And that's what these guys are worried about, but even on a smaller scale. Now, if you were to go and eat, and this is where the Pharisees came in and they wanted to talk about this. This is where they, they're calling out Jesus. The minimum amount of water that you had to use to clean your hands as a ceremonial cleansing was called a quarter of a log. A quarter of a log. Basically, that was if you wanted to feel, 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 I can't say that word, feel, an eggshell one and a half times. That's a quarter of a log. It's about the same amount. And then you would have to pour it on both, ha both hands, but your hands had to be like this. Okay? So that way when the water comes down on it and it would, it would drip down, instead of it going down your arms and making your arms unclean, because the water's unclean, it would have to fall straight to the floor. Well then, you had to go like this <laughs> to get the rest of it off down your fingertips. You could not let it touch you anywhere. Or you'd be unclean. But this was the ceremonial washing. And not only did you have to do this every time, so then you dry your hands up, you know, you're getting ready to eat. So if you're getting ready to have a burger, that would be unclean. But if you were, in today's times, and you had to do this, you'd wash your hands the way that they would want you to wash your hands, eat your burger, well then you would have to do it again to eat your fries. And then you'd have to do it again to grab your milkshake. Like it was insane like these guys were like you're kind of losing it really this is a little much and so these guys are throwing this at jesus saying hey you need to be clean before you eat you need to be clean before you dip into those fries you must be clean and he's like jesus why don't your boys do this they're probably thinking because this is nonsense like i just I'm kind of hungry. We've been walking all around, gaining an appetite. I just washed my hands and I'm hungry. And I love what Jesus does. He unleashes on these Pharisees. And that's why I love Jesus so much. He gets back to the root. Where's the root from all of this supposed to come from? The heart. He said, you're not treating people right. These Pharisees are walking around and they're not even treating people good. Where's your love? Where's the respect for each other? Where's your love for your neighbor, your friends, people around you, people you don't know? They're more concerned about did you wash your hands right than whether or not someone's heart is following God. Because they thought, well, that tradition means you're following God. Really, no, your heart. And Jesus is trying to remind them of that. It's your heart. Stop obsessing over the externals. Stop obsessing over the things that we wear and the things that we do. Because when we do that, our hearts are empty. We have empty hearts. Everything that's going on in our world today, so much focus is outside on uh, of whether or not you're following God. Instead, it's like just two sides divided. world is torn apart. And it's more important for us to get back together and go, you know what? I am so far from being right. I am so far from God. I am not following Jesus and I'm not worshiping Jesus 
the way that I should be worshiping Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. I love this. Matthew 15, 7 and 8. He says, you hypocrites. He's, he's getting ready to quote Isaiah. It says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's lip service. You know, I found out as young people don't know what lip service means. I, I found that. I'm not going to tell you who I got into it with about that, but I wanted to call the sermon series lip service, but they're like, I don't know what that is. That doesn't sound right. And I'm like, it just means hypocrisy. Come on. Anyway, it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts as are far from me. They worship me in vain. Could you imagine if that was written to you and I right now? That we have a broken faith that when we showed up here this morning to sing these songs along with Adam and the rest of the group or listening to the sermon from me, that when we're doing it, our faith is broken, we're actually empty on the inside? We actually came just so we could feel good so we could go back out because we needed a really good feel-good story after this last week. I needed a pick-me-up. Did you see everything that was going on in our world today? I need a pick-me-up. I'm going to church. It's not a reason to go to church. Not at all. We have got to stop praising God externally because our hearts are far from being full. We need to fill them up. We should be worshiping all the time. Everything that we do should be worshiping the Lord. Always. Full. We say that we're Christians, but so many times our hearts are so far from Him. I know this because we're Americans. And I love America. But boy, are we blind for a lot of things. There's so much shiny stuff out there. It says, don't be a glutton. I might be. Right? It's the truth. I eat well. I'm trying to change that. But he's saying, hey, don't do that because you're going to forget of what you're actually eating for and what it is I've provided for you. The housing market in Clatsop County is insane right now. I could sell my house for almost double for what we bought it for two years ago. That's insane to me. Why? Because people want more, bigger, better, all the time. I want to talk to you about worship, confusing, different confusion of worship. How many of you guys have ever been to a different church? Building. You've gone, you've gone to a different church. There was a different style of music, right? You had the, the song selections were only out of the book that was in front of you called a hymnal. You pull it out, you know, and here's the hymnal. And it's like, turn to page 197. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4 this morning. Never 3, just 1, 2, and 4. I grew up Southern Baptist. We didn't go a whole lot, but my, I found out later on that my grandfather was a, a church planner for the Southern Baptist Church in Texas. And then my mom's side of the family, though my grandmother is uh, Pentecostal, more charismatic. Two totally different, totally different churches. Now, if you're in the South and you go to a Southern Baptist Church, there's no instruments. There might be some today. It's changed a little bit. But let me tell you, it's hymnals. Now, if you go to the South to a charismatic church, Boy, there's people running up and down the aisles. They are hooting and hollering. They're having a great time. They're singing a full band. It happens. It's all over the place. 
You can go to some churches where every person in, 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 the, in the audience is out here doing this. They got their hands raised high. Everyone. And then you got everyone else just kind of quiet and hunkered down reading out of a book with just quiet worship. It happens all the time. So which way is best? What way is right? Do you guys know which one is right? Was it the one with the hymnals? Was it all the way to the other extreme with the, the charismatic? Or is it the one with a full band, a whole rock band up here like ours? Yeah, you guys are a rock band, just so you know. I want some skinny jeans, beards, and wooden glasses next. We need that. Otherwise, it's not legit. Which way is right? Both. Both are right. Or neither are right. Why? Both are right if your heart's right. Are you worshiping and praising the Lord from the bottom of your heart to give Him your full everything to God? Are you giving everything you have to God during that moment of worship? Or are you not at all? Did you just show up with an empty heart? If you showed up with an empty heart, neither are right. There's no right way to do it if your heart's not there. Does that make sense? Worship is not about the style of music. It's completely about the condition of your heart. Our heart has to be right when we step in front of the Lord. When we hit our knees and want to go to the Lord, our heart has to be willing to submit it over to Him. I was thinking about this the other night. I had my little grandkids over at the, the, at the house. I'm, I'm imagining them growing up, going to church and things like that. Could you imagine if I called my grandkids and I go, you know what, I want you guys to worship the Lord. I want you guys to sing to me. I want you guys to sing. But make sure it's from your heart, so that way it's right. They're like, okay, Grandpa. They're like, hey, Grandpa, by the way, we did bring our drums and our guitars, so you, you want us to sing worship. No, that's not worship. Do not play those guitars. Do not bring those drums out, but our heart's in it. No, that's not how you worship. You get this book out and you sing it from the hymnal. That's the only way to truly worship, because those go back 2,000 years, right? No. It would be weird for me to tell my grandkids that, or my kids, or any of you that, to say, you know what, having instruments is for fools, and it's not real worship to God. It's not wrong. It's different for some. Now, what if they said, hey, Grandpa, we brought those hymnals you talked to us about. Well, those are wrong. I expect you to get your electric guitar out, put on some skinny jeans, grow your hair out, I want to see a beard, and I want it trimmed just right. Plaid, you better wear plaid. It's the only way. It's the only way to worship, right? It sounds so weird. How about we just sing a cappella? God loves the sound of my voice when I don't sing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love it when I hear people like, God wants everyone to worship by singing to Him. I don't know. Like, I've heard some of you guys, you're just like I am. You sound like one of those broken roosters trying to croak. You know what I also, I, I like to compare myself when it comes to singing. How many of you guys have ever seen that movie Little Mermaid? You got that seagull on Little Mermaid and he's trying to be all romantic and sing and it sounds like someone's dying. That's me. That's, maybe later I'll sing for you guys later. 
Worship is not about the style of the music. It's about the condition of our heart. Worship is not about the style of the building. Worship isn't about the color of the carpet, the color of the walls, the way the seats look, whether you have chairs or you have pews or what direction they're all facing. None of that matters. The ceremonial hand-washing. Whoop-dee-doo. If you're not ceremonially hand-washing and your heart's not in it, What's the point? If you sit there and tell me you believe in Jesus so you could be saved, but your heart's really not there to follow Jesus, you're saying, Lord, I did this. I'm confessing with my mouth, but my heart's not following my lips. He's saying that is lip service. What's the point of going into the Christian waters of baptism to be born again if you're not going into that water with an open and full, completely heart giving it over to Him? It means nothing. You're just getting wet. Like the ceremonial hand washing. Our hearts have to be in it. It's time for us to change the way America thinks about church. This is not a hobby. It's not just some interest that we have. Oh, yeah, I have a little interest in that, so I dabble in the Bible a little bit. That's an empty heart. It's not a label that we want to just stick on ourselves. Because in reality, God's like, hey, you're not going to want this label, but I want you to still follow me. This is way bigger than some label. Christ is life. Christ is life. And our life should model that. Our lives should be following Jesus every step of the way, no matter how hard it gets. He still needs to be the way we live. Worship is not limited to the songs that we sing, to the messages that we hear. Worship is far bigger than anything you could ever imagine. Our lives should be a continued worship all the time. Constantly giving Him everything that we have. And there's all different ways of doing that. I asked the band earlier if I could get them to come back up. Can I get you guys to come up real quick? I just need a little music. It's nice to have a little music behind us. I'm going to grab this microphone. I'm just kidding. You guys thought I was going to sing. <laughs> no. We're leaving. I want to talk about how it is that we can grow. How can we grow in our worship? Think about this. Start processing in your mind right now and in your heart. Open your heart and allow it to break for the Lord this morning. Everything that you have ever thought about how it is that you worship, I just want you to open your heart up this morning so we can really cover this. So how can we grow as a church right here? Our church this morning, how can we grow? Well, the first thing is we need a bow in reverence. Sometimes we do bow. That is a form of worship. Bowing to God. Hitting our knees. Calling out to Him. Giving everything over to Him. The psalmist said, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. I get chills thinking about that. That we can actually go now. The veil is torn. He rose again. And He's allowing us to have that one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with Him. That is beautiful. 
How wonderful is that to think that when I hit my knees, God is there and he's going to listen to everything that it is that I have to say to him that day. And then he's like, okay, my son, now do me a favor. Shh. Shh. Be in my presence. Open your heart and just be in my presence. of being able to hit my knees in, in His glory. But He's like, Daniel, I'm giving you this. Worship Me. I am God. I made you. I saved you. I give you eternal life. It's Me. Shut the lights off on the rest of the world and spend some time in worship. Just as Paul told the church of Philippi, one day every knee bow. So think about it. You can bow now, or you will bow later. Choose bowing now, or you will bow later. Think about that. Do you want to be late? No. Hit your knees now. Worship Him now by giving yourself over. The other thing is sometimes we lift our hands up in adoration. We're giving Him full submission to us. It's not a weird thing. This is a Bible thing. This was said in the Bible to lift your hands up. Paul said, lift your hands to God as he did. The psalmist wrote, I will bless you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. You met David, a king, said that to God. A king. That's like watching our president, our governor, a dictator in another country to go, you know what, I'm lifting my hands up right now to God. Right now I'm lifting everything up. When we lift our hands up, it is a form of surrender to God. But at the same exact time that you lift your hands up in surrender, you are lifting your hands up in victory. Think about that. When we submit to Jesus, when we fully give Him our heart, and we raise our hands to the Lord, we are living in victory. We won. It's just like your favorite team, right? When your team wins, the Beavers, right? When they win, finally, you're like, yes! It's not very often. We like super excited. It's a victory. Same thing. We submit when we come and we sing these songs with Jesus and we lift our hands up high. We are living in submission and we are living in victory. That is worship with a full heart. All of it. So how can we worship? We can kneel to God. We can lift our hands. Sometimes we even dance in celebration. We can dance in His presence we enjoy God so much that He just makes us want to dance. The psalmist says in 149.3, let them praise His name with dancing. He's not some prude. No dancing. No. He loves when we dance for Him. I'm not saying everyone here comes to Lighthouse Christian Church, stand up, let's dance. But I wouldn't stop you. If you're doing it for the Lord and your heart's fully in it, I'm going to stop you from dancing. Lift your hands up. Move around a little bit. Loosen up. We're in the presence of the Lord. 
David said, you turned my weeping into dancing. David, this guy was amazing. He followed God for so long and then he kind of fell off, committed adultery, committed murder. And he went to God kneeling. He went to God with raised hands. And as God said, son, Sometimes we worship with sacrifice of praise. This is something that we all need to do all the time. Every morning we wake up, every moment we're walking in town or into our cars or working or whatever it is. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Him, then let us continue to offer up, continually to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge His name. Your lips should not be lip service. They should not be of empty conceit or something that you can gain. Like, oh, I'm going to go to church to feel better today. No, I'm going to church so I can go somewhere today. And I'm going to offer up my mouth. Every time I feel Him, I'm saying yes to Jesus. And I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to worship Him. We worship Him when we're joyful and we, joy, we, we worship Him when we're feeling low. Our worship can never be based on, ever be first based on our circumstances. Whether or not you worship God cannot be based on your circumstances. It has to be based on Him and based on His character and based on who He is and it has to be based on what He's done for you and it has to be based on He created you. Our worship is based on who He is, not on what we've done. He is God. And daily, we must lay down our lives as an act of worship. Daily, we must lay down our lives as an act of worship. Romans 12, 1, it's one of my favorite scriptures. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We're not following the world with this. We're following Him with this. And this is what has to give Him worship. Right here. Nothing else. Everything else is an idol. This building can become an idol. My car can become an idol. My wife, your spouse, your husband, our children can become an idol. We must worship God in all that we do, everywhere that we go. Worship is not just the songs that we sing. It's the life that we live. I'm going to ask you guys to get out of your comfort zone this morning. I'm going to ask you guys to worship this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet for a moment. Please, stand to your feet. From this point on, whatever your comfort level is, you can lift hands. You can close your eyes and lift hands. You can put your hands together. But I want you to ask yourself this morning, who is God? 
Who is it you came to see this morning? Who is it you came to talk to and give your worship up this morning? Who is God? Let me remind you of who our God is this morning. He is our rock. He is our redeemer. And he is the righteousness that only can give you righteousness. God is our deliverer. He is our defense, our strength, and our shield. God is our salvation. It is grace that we are saved. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. And He is the good shepherd. He is the true vine. And the only way is to be connected to that vine. Otherwise, you will wither. He is the truth and the life and the light of the world. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. He is God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Now I ask you right now, bow your head pray with me, and I invite you to give your heart and your mind over to the Lord right now. Right now, Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the ability that I can just worship you in so many different ways. Lord God, thank you for allowing me to know that when I hit my knees, I can go directly to you. I don't have to talk to anybody else. I can talk straight to you. Lord God, thank you for giving me that personal relationship so that I can have redemption in my life. Lord God, I pray for every person here as you have taken us somewhere this morning. I ask that you just open up their hearts to receive who you are. Change their hearts and their minds. Help them to see who you really are and that you've always been in control, that no matter what's going on in the world, we can still rest assured in your glory, your hope, your redemption and salvation most importantly for each one of us here, your resurrection. Lord God, touch the hearts of every person here. Let them see you for your wonderful glory that you are. God, I love you. Lord God, I just ask that this morning as we get ready to take communion, that this time together would be pleasing to you. As we remember your sacrifice, as we worship you in communion, as we remember you going to the cross. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are going to pass communion around for me. If you want to just hold on to those, uh, we'll take those together this morning.
this is a moment for you to make your heart bright. Whatever it is you've been holding on to, this is the moment to say, you know what, Lord? I've been holding on to this all week. I've been angry, disappointed. Maybe you've been really happy. I don't know. But if you haven't had joy, or you've had joy in your life, but without God, now's the time to open that heart back up. Let Him back in. If you're going through all these things, disappointment, depression, whatever it might be, it's time to open that back up and let Him back in. He's already taken it all. He's taken it all. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Think about that. What is your hope? Is your hope in the world that things are going to change? They're not going to change. And if they do, it's only temporary. Our hope has to be for the future, for the eternal. All right now. And without faith, it is impossible to please. Without faith, it is impossible to please. And for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So tonight, I'm, or tonight, feels like it. Today, I want you to open up your heart, open your mind, so you can actually receive His grace. Run to Him with faith. How many of you guys remember kids or grandkids or someone little that you just love or still love, but when they see you, like one of my favorite things was when I was a young dad, Daddy, Daddy, my kids would just right to me. My grandkids now, my, my, my four-year-old, my little Mo. understand where I'm going with the blood of Christ. Today as we get ready to take this, just open up your heart and receive His grace. None of us deserve it. Not a one. But we can receive it. So let's receive His grace this morning as we say thank you and drink this cup. intimate worship with God. That's what I think of when I think of communion. Everything that we do is a form of worship. One of the ways that we worship here at Lighthouse is we give back to God what He's given us. Many of us tithe. Some of you aren't in a place where you, you've taken that leap or of faith yet. It's a new year. 
Start small. Watch what God does. I usually don't preach, hey, he's going to just bless it 10%, things like that, because that's not why we give. I don't like going there with that. He does say he's going to bless us. He does promise that, but it's not about that. It's about you trusting him with every part of your life, all of it. That's why we give. It's God, and I trust him with my finance. So in just a moment, when they pass the bag, please drop your connection card in there. We're still doing the big give till January 31st. That'll be the last day that we collect. We're getting there. Just over $12,000 so far. It's amazing. What a generous church you are. Our goal was $15,000. So let's pray about that. Let's pray for the Gearheart Fire Department as we get ready to bless them. Hey guys, this is going to bring the Gearheart Fire Department here on a Sunday because they're not getting a check unless they come to church. It's just the way it goes. Right? I have intention here. $15,000 isn't much, but getting the whole fire department here is everything. Right? I'm intentional with what I do, and they're going to hear a message that they need to hear. They get to hear the gospel that day. Praise God. So let's pray for them. Let's pray they receive that message, and let's pray that we can bless them. Right? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the generosity of this church. Lord, I thank you for so many people online, in person, their hearts open up to worship you with their finances. I thank you for blessing my wife and I to have the ability to give back, but not only the ability to give back, but to notice we need to. We thank you for that. Lord God, I thank you for every person here today that's willing to give. And I do ask that you bless them immensely for being here to worship today. Lord God, I pray for the Gearheart Fire Department, Lord. I pray that every single person in that department is willing to give their hearts over to you. Lord, let this money that we're raising for that Luke's device be the vessel that brings them here to hear your message and let their hearts be wide open when they come. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. We lift this whole day up to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.